welcome to the Fox River Podcast. This season of Lent, we are focusing on a biblical theme while exercising a brief meditation, resulting in a spiritual resonation of our hearts and minds as we live faith out in our daily lives. Lent is a time to intentionally pursue an encounter with Christ in a deeper, more personal way as we anticipate the observance of Good Friday and the celebration of Easter Sunday. For additional Lent devotionals, download the Fox River app or follow us on your favorite social media outlet at Fox River CC. And now, your host, Pastor Bill Gunderson. Welcome, everybody, to the Pause for Lent podcast. This is the sixth Wednesday of Lent. So, what a day, right? Started off kind of rainy and, I mean, I kind of comment on the weather each week, I suppose, which is kind of weird, but I don't know, it kind of gets me energized or, or brought down a little bit. So, hey, the sun kind of came out a little bit. I'm excited about that. I hope it continues. The temperature's halfway decent in southeastern Wisconsin, partly cloudy, with a chance of meatballs. All right. Easter, though. Easter, listen. Easter's coming, right? And with the, with the nice and the sunniness to the day kind of reminds me of the Son of Man. You see how I did that, right? That was beautiful. Let the sun remind us of the sun. But Easter's coming. It's only like a week and a half away. Isn't that crazy? It's just coming up fast. It's a beautiful thing, um, which means Lent is almost over. This time of, of reflection and letting God work in our hearts in a really special way, it's kind of like almost over, which is sad. But Easter's a good thing to be happy about. So, because there's still time. There's still time for us to ready ourselves for the resurrection of our King. There's still time for us to allow God's Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts, kind of like a joint effort, right? Like, God, I'm going to do what I can, and, and I'm going to definitely need uh, what you can do for my heart, too, right? But we get to allow God's Spirit to prepare our hearts for the day that changed everything. So we're streaming around the world on YouTube. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe, all right, and, and click that bell, you know, so you get these notifications on uh, YouTube, on the Fox River YouTube channel. We're also streaming around the world via the Fox River app. So if you haven't got that yet, all right, I know most of us maybe here in the room have done that, but maybe you're listening somehow, some way, or, or a friend shared this with you, and, and you're like, you know what, I haven't gotten the Fox River app yet. You can do that. Good way to stay up to speed and, and not miss a beat, all right? I also encourage each one of us to share this Pause for Lent podcast with someone you care about and someone the Lord Jesus loves and died for. We've got some good stuff here today by God's grace, and you never know, right? We say this every time because it's so true. You never know what God might do, just simple podcast sharing, right? So let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Please bless this time, allowing us and helping us to hear from you, Lord. Um, give us the grace to respond, God, in our minds, right, in our hearts, in our spirits, but also with our bodies, Lord, as we live. Be glorified, we pray. Amen. All right, hey, here's some amazing facts that maybe you knew or you didn't know. If you're a doctor, you might have known this. If you're a nurse or something, something to do with the health profession, you might have known these things. Or if you're just a smart nerd, okay, everything's fine. But here's some amazing facts about the human body. Because I was doing some research today. You got to research for a podcast. I'm not smart enough just to go off the cuff. So anyways, did you know that your body produces about 25 million new cells every second, every second, which means this, in about five minutes, your body will have produced about as much as the world's population is in human beings. That is just, 
whoa, that's crazy. That's amazing, all right? Did you know that a person, a typical person is born with about 300 bones in their body, but it goes down to 206 because some of those born, bones fuse and stuff and such, right? And, and so an adult has 206 bones in their body, many of which are located in the wrist and feet area, right? Wrists and ankles, um, which make it pretty painful if like a steel spike or, you know, metal spike would go through there, wouldn't it? Anyways, um, blood vessels. Let's talk about blood vessels. Did you know that you have, the average human has between 60,000 and 100,000 miles of blood vessels? We're talking arteries, veins, capillaries, I mean, all that stuff. If you take them out, not that you would do this, but you take them out and you lay them end to end, 60,000 to 100,000 miles of them in the human body on average, which means you could go around the earth three or four times with your blood vessels. That's a lot. Wow. That's fascinating. Here's some other fascinating things about the human body. This is relevant in my own household. Um, Gwenny, our oldest, Nicole and I, our oldest child, she uh, can sing. Her body was designed by God to, to make a beautiful sound, at least in my opinion, with her voice. Uh, my second son, Ethan, his, his body, it, it's amazing, all right? Um, he's got some Osgood slaughters going on in one of his, his legs, you know, a little, anyways, look it up if you want. It's hard to spell. Just, just voice it to Google and, and Google will help you. But Osgood slaughters. But even though he's dealing with that in one of his legs, he still dunked the basketball the other day and he caught it on video. It was so cool. Human body's amazing. Cade, right? We were like... A couple weekends ago, we were at this state basketball tournament. He's in eighth grade. He's on the basketball team. He was doing some amazing crossovers and, and layups, just like flying through the air. It's so weird. I wish I could have done that in eighth grade. It's nuts. But his body is amazing. Gymnastics, right? My, my, my youngest daughter, Nicole and I's youngest daughter, we're sitting there watching her do some gymnastics last night. She had practice. And she's just like flipping all over. She's doing these, these flippy things I, on a balance beam. It's like a couple inches wide. She's flipping around on a bar. I mean, my goodness, it's just crazy. She's floor routine. Just all like her body. Just The human body is just amazing. Yet there's so much that we still don't know, right? And we may never know. I mean, if God tells us, we'll know. But what if he's like, eh, I don't want to tell you that. Okay, we'll never know some things about the human body. But what we do know is that God made our body and our spirit. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, he knit us together as his own masterpiece. God made us. And he became like us. He became one of us when the Holy Spirit caused the Virgin Mary to become pregnant. You see, God the Son, that's Jesus, right? Wasn't human before that. Right? that wrap that around your mind. And if you know anything about theophanies, which is a really cool word, look it up. But it's when, it's when God shows up in physical form in the Old Testament. All right? Jesus had not yet become human, yet he shows up as human. It's like, how did that? That's what I call a mystery. I don't know that one. Okay? But... God the Son wasn't human before he became human inside of his biological mother, Mary. All right? She was his mother, too, in a human sense. But God was made flesh at that moment. He tabernacled among us, John chapter 1. And he then became human forever. It's not like Jesus became human for, for a few years and now he's not human anymore because he's in heaven, right? No, Jesus is human 
forever. And this is more than I've heard it described this way. Something always struck me as like, that's not the right way to say it, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I'm getting closer. But this is more than Jesus just putting on a human zipper suit, okay? This is like God inside of a human body. That's, that's not adequate. That's not theologically accurate. That's, that's pretty much heretical, actually. It's, it's God is human. He doesn't have a human shell. Jesus is human. He's 100% God and 100% human forever, which makes you go, huh? And wow, at the same time. But why? Here's, here's the question, right? Like why? And this is a really important thing for us to think about during Lent is why would God do that? Why would Jesus become human? Well, it has everything to do with the gospel. See, the gospel is the good news, right? So, so the gospel is, is in, in, in a fuller form, is God made everything. He made us. He made it every, everything perfect. And then sin entered the universe, right? Entered the world through one man, Adam, right? It was kind of Eve's fault first, but we'll, we'll just, we'll gloss over that for the moment. Um, but no, there was a team effort. They both, they both were guilty, obviously. But, but sin entered the world. Everything got wrecked, all right? So there's a problem. That's the key word in my mind. There's a, right, God made everything, but then there was a problem, So perfection and then a problem. And the problem was sin. And then God, he's he's not content, right? Because he's like, I'm I'm after my glory. You want to cut cut all the you know stuff away? What's really going on in the universe? It's about his glory. Does he love us? You bet. But he loves us for his glory, okay? How can I it's not that he lost it exactly, so I hesitate in using this word like recapture, but how can I recapture my glory? How can I, how can I fix this, this, what we look at and call a mess? How can I fix this? The solution was Jesus, right? So why did Jesus become human? Because God made everything perfect, sin wrecked it, spam call during a podcast, not very good, huh? <laughs> All right, sin wrecked it, and then God offers a solution, all right, it depends on how we respond to that solution, by the way. But Jesus becoming human was a necessary part of that solution. Let me prove it to you a little bit scripturally. All right, this is out of Hebrews chapter 2. Here we go. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, meaning Jesus also, shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all live their lives who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Abraham's descendants by faith, not by physical lineage. Verse 17, for this reason he had to be made like them. So Jesus had to become human, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus lived perfectly and righteously for us. Jesus died as a perfect atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atoning means he paid for the sins in full is what God tells us in his word. Jesus is our perfect, merciful, faithful high priest. 
What does that mean? Okay, really quickly, a priest serves as an in-between, all right, people and God, right? So Jesus is our high priest. He serves God, as is explicitly said in Hebrews chapter 2, but he also serves us, which we see in that last verse we read, uh, verse 18. He serves us by helping us, in particular when we're tempted, right? Jesus had to become human. Now, this whole Jesus is God and man truth, right? It can be pretty difficult to comprehend. Now, there have been many attempts to explain this mystery. And although scripture is crystal clear on the truth of this doctrine, like there's no, there's no, no debating. I mean, God says in his word, Jesus is God. He also says in his word, Jesus is human. How do you, how do you kind of reconcile those two things inside the human mind? That's the tough part, okay? Some folks, because that's the tough part, some folks over the centuries, uh, they have just outright rejected it. They said, that doesn't make sense. Now, any time we do theology based on what makes sense to us or what doesn't make sense to us, you are immediately in dangerous territory because his thoughts are higher than ours, right? His ways are higher than ours. Like, he's got understanding that we don't have. I always like to think of it like this. Some dogs are really smart. But you can't teach a dog Chinese. You can't, it's just not capable, right? You can have the smartest dog. You can have the best teacher. But the dog, there's just some things a dog can't learn. That's kind of, I mean, it's not the best analogy, but it works in my mind. It's like there, there, there are things, even the smartest person, and even though God is amazing, we just, we can't comprehend. We can't get, okay? So some people have outright rejected that truth, that God is man and, and, and God at the same time. And they've tried to convince others Right? It's bad enough that they believe that, that, that untruth, but then they try and get others and convince them, hey, come along with me on this bad teaching, okay? And, and a couple examples of this real quick. We won't get too deep here. I'll just kind of highlight them. One is called the Gnostic heresy. And, and the, the, the main tenet of the Gnostic heresy is this, that the spirit is good. Anything spiritual is good. But anything physical is bad or matter is evil, all right? That kind of idea. Which leads to some really goofy thinking that living doesn't matter. What you do in the body doesn't matter. It's bad. No matter what you do is bad. But special knowledge is necessary for salvation, all right? Those are just tangent ideas, all right? But the Gnostic heresy led to something called docetism, or if you're Italian, docetism, because one C means like a ch-ch sound, okay? Anyways, the Gnostic heresy led to docetism or docetism, which, which believes this, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but I just want to give you some background here, believes that only the Spirit is good. Because only the Spirit is good, Jesus couldn't have been physical, right? Because remember, physicality is, is bad, matter is evil. So, like, there's no way. Jesus couldn't have been physical because that would have meant he was bad. So Jesus' physicalness, his physicality, his appearance as being physical must have been an illusion, all right, must have been an illusion, which is goofy. All right, what comes along with that? If you say, yeah, Jesus, I'm, I'm into docetism, and, and yeah, Jesus wasn't really a person. I mean, totally God, right, but, but not a person. What comes along with that? Some really, really scary stuff. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. talks all about if Jesus wasn't real, if he really didn't resurrect, then what are the consequences of that? They are catastrophic. And we are to be pitied. As believers, we are to be pitied most. We're the biggest idiots that ever walked the planet Earth. Okay? Now that would be a shame, wouldn't it? 
not about the pride thing, but, but if our hope is in Christ and he really didn't resurrect, I mean, that's, ooh, that's bad. It destroys everything, all right? Listen, and, and this was a big issue even when the Bible was still being written, all right, before all the letters, 1 John, 2 John, there's, there's a bunch more that are influenced by this type of thinking or, the, or, the, or the, the, uh, uh, the precursors of this type of thinking. But there are letters written to the churches um, in the first century so that they wouldn't fall victim to these types of heretical teachings because, like we kind of said already, if Jesus wasn't really human, then his bodily life, death, and resurrection didn't really happen. And Easter wasn't really the day that changed everything. What are we celebrating for? I mean, at that point, right? <laughs> Which was one of their claims. What's the big deal? Just follow our teaching. You don't really need Jesus. That's, that's the end of the road for that. But Jesus, see, here, here's the beautiful thing. And I just want to affirm us all in our faith in this. Jesus really was human. Jesus really lived he really suffered and died for our sins. Like his face, his physical face was really struck. His physical beard was really plucked out. All right? His back was really flogged with a cat of nine tails. His head was really jammed with thorns, long thorns, into his scalp, all the way to his skull. All right? His knees really were bloodied when he was carrying the cross but couldn't bear the weight because all the blood he lost and the dehydration and all the physical abuse and, and not to mention the emotional abuse and, and, and all that that he was dealing with. When he fell down, he really scraped his knees up and bruised him pretty bad. His hands were really pierced through his wrists, his feet and ankles. On the cross, his side was really stabbed with that spear. Like it actually happened. He he really suffered and died for our sins. He really resurrected for our life. He really appeared 13 times, as is recorded in Scripture, after his resurrection. He had really appeared 13 times physically. He ate. Right? He told Thomas, for example, hey, put your hand in, in, in these, these wounds. Right? Put your hand in my side. Like, think, those are physical things. He really ascended. Like Jesus was standing in front of them and really ascended up into heaven after having appeared to them over the course of 40 days, Acts chapter 1. And Jesus is really physically seated next to the Father at the right hand of God. And he really will physically return to rule and reign. Want to know another fact about the human body, an amazing fact? Our bodies were designed as a dwelling place for deity. That's right, a house for the holy. In the beginning, God was with Adam and Eve where? In the garden, yeah. In the Old Testament, God's spirit was with man, his chosen people in particular, by means of the Ark of the Covenant, for example, but, but I'm going to speak a little broader, by means of the tabernacle and the temple, right? That's how God dwelt with his people. But in the New Testament, God's Holy Spirit lives in a different, a better temple, and that's us. I want to read something real quick. This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, starting in verse number 13. Uh, I'll start halfway through the verse. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. That's, that's the context of, of chapter 6 here. It's, it's about sexual immorality, right? The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And check this out. This is mind-blowing. We're not going to hang out here, but, but listen to this. 
and the Lord for the body. Whoa, God exists for the body. Huh. Like I said, we're not going to hang out there, but that's just like, man, wow. Verse 14, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Okay, remember the context is sexual immorality. But our body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God lives inside the believer. See, God made us as body and spirit. Jesus became like us. And why did he do that? He did it for us and for the glory of the Father so that we might become fully one with him, just like Jesus is fully one with his Father, right? And now his spirit lives in every believer. The human body is amazing. And the Holy Spirit lives within every believer, yes, but does the Holy Spirit, right? I want to turn this, right? This is, this is pause for Lent. Holy Spirit lives within every believer, but does the Holy Spirit live through every believer? Is the Holy Spirit living through us? Is the Holy Spirit living through you? Are we allowing God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control to be evident in our lives? to direct our lives, that when people talk about our lives, not that they have these conversations, but if they were, would those things describe our lives? If so, hallelujah. That's something to pause and reflect right now and and later today and in the days to come and throughout Lent and even beyond Easter. And just say thank you to God over and over. God, thank you for dwelling within me. Thank you for, for living your life, not only in me, but through me, God for making a difference in this world, right? For using me, a broken vessel, God, for your glory. God, thank you, right? So if that's happening in your life, continue to honor God with your mind and body. But if not, and maybe every single person could say, you know what, there are moments in my life where I'm, I'm not, I know God's living in me, but, but he's not living through me. And the problem's not with him, it's really me. I'm kind of like the reason for this dysfunction, If not, may this Lenten season be a holy season of change in your life for you. So take some time today to remember that God's spirit lives within you. Take some time then, either now or later, anything's fine, set an alarm on your phone, whatever, to pause and reflect that Jesus lived and died for you. And to ask the honest question to yourself, but am I living and dying for him? Ask yourselves and ask the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's right there. He can hear you, okay? How can I surrender to God more often? How can I allow you, Lord, to live not only in me, but through me as well? I encourage us all to do that, to pause for Lent today. Well, thanks for joining us today, those of us in the room and and those of us online. Uh, I pray that today, this Pause for Lent podcast, I pray that it's been encouraging. 
and edifying to your eyes that are hopefully, Lord willing, fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I pray that you found this time together helpful for your heart and strengthening to your soul. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to next Wednesday. Not because it's the last one. I'm not looking forward to that. But I am looking forward to next Wednesday because I know it's going to be good and God's going to deliver some grace to us once again. So praise Jesus, and I'll see you guys then. Peace.